0: Good morning, everyone. Now, (laughs) this is... (laughs) I have um, had this message or idea on my mind for about a month and Friday I only sat down to bring it all together. Um, Saturday I changed half of it and all night God's been just changing it all in my mind. So I don't even know if I'm going to use this, but it's here. So it'll be a decoration if I don't use it. So I don't know how this is going to come out, but God does, so that's the good thing, hey. And I'm using tech, which is not like me at all. My daughter suggested I do, so I look professional. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this morning I just want to talk... um, ..I want to talk about comparison and vulnerability. Um, My whole life... I have compared myself. Now, I'm going to get the tissues. I've got to be prepared now (laughs) because I can feel it already. Hopefully, I won't blow snot bubbles, but it's possible. (laughs) My whole life, I've compared myself to others. My whole life. I still do. Friday, when I sat down to start putting this message together... I was thinking about the next person who's going to speak and going, oh my gosh, how am I going to like, measure up to what she's going to bring? Like She's amazing. Like I'm glad I'm going first because you guys are going to forget what I've got to say because she's just going to come in. and This is everything that has gone through my head. I have compared myself to the success of others, to their titles, how much money they earn, what the house looks like, how good their kids are, you know, how beautiful the hair looks. All oh, everything you could think of I've compared myself to. Um, when we compare ourselves, we actually never, ever, ever will measure up to the person we're looking at. Ever. Because we're always gonna be looking at what's wrong with us. Because of that, because of that comparison and always seeing myself as not being able to measure up or not good enough as that other person, um, there's been a lot that I've wanted to hide from others. Um, I haven't wanted people to see the real me because there was so much that I thought was wrong, here I go, or that I didn't like about myself. And, of course, with social media, (laughs) it's just heightened all that, hasn't it? You know, I scroll through my Facebook or Instagram and, you know, there's people on there that are having the best day of their life every day. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not me. (laughs) Yeah, fake news. Fake it till you make it. We never make it. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to bring in this... On the outside, I wanted, I have wanted, I still want my life to look like the perfect package. This is really ironic because I'm actually the worst present wrapper in the world. <laughs> Even like a, a box is really hard for me so this took me ages. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've wanted to present myself in the as the perfectly-wrapped, got-it-together person. I got thinking about King David. When Samuel was instructed to go to Bethlehem by God and anoint the son of Jesse, um, who God would reveal to him as the next king of Israel, I got thinking about that, and Samuel was convinced that Jesse's son Eliab was God's chosen. He looked at him and went, wow, like he's tall and he's strong and he's, he's got what it takes to be the next king. He's got it. He's it. Um, but First Samuel 16 verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance of height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. So David is summoned from the field and God reveals to Samuel that David is to be anointed as the next king of Israel. Now, little side note, I love this because apart from God not looking at David's outward stature, but looking at his heart, I love the fact that David wasn't even there when God had already chosen him. He wasn't even in the room. He wasn't, you know, all the brothers were lined up and Samuel was, you know, which one, God, which one? Sam, uh, David wasn't even there. He was, gone. he was out doing what he had to do. So I just want to say whatever calling God's put on your life, it doesn't matter if you are not in the room at the time. He will ma- he'll position you to be where he wants you to be, whether that's the job, the marriage, the house... Whatever it is, he will position you for that. I love that God doesn't care what our hair looks like. Or what we're wearing. I, I'm a bit of a dribbler. <laughs> um, it's well known among my family that every meal I end up with food down my top. Um. <laughs> And um, sometimes I can be eating and, and I'm like, wow, I'm nearly finished and I haven't dribbled yet. And then there it is. Um, so yeah, God doesn't care that I've got stains on my shirt. <laughs> he doesn't care how much money we earn. He doesn't care that we're the CEO of the biggest company in Australia. He just cares about what's inside of us, what's in our heart. So, as much as I've tried to make my life look like this perfectly wrapped, presentable package, inside my heart, it was totally different. Inside my heart, I've carried hurt and pain and grief. And I have scars. And I doubt myself a lot. I have so many insecurities, it's ridiculous. There's been so many times where I've been on my knees, sobbing to God with no perfect package in sight. It's... And over the years that I've been in church... I I kind of feel like church sometimes, the church, expects us to be this as well. It's like once we're saved, once we've got Jesus, there's no sin, there's no struggle, there's no whatever. That's actually the opposite. <laughs> we're still human. And I feel like Us as the church, we need to be the safe place for our brothers and sisters, for this family to come and be real and be vulnerable with each other. Now, I'm not just saying, like, we get up and go, oh, air your dirty laundry. That's not what I'm saying. We need to be wise about who we share with. We need to be able to trust the people that we share with. So, ultimately, it's about building relationships with people. People need to know that they can be vulnerable, share their heart and be real. It's up to us to set that culture. It doesn't just happen. We need to set that culture. And if we can't do it for this family, how are people who aren't saved going to want to come in here? How are they going to go, oh, I want that. I want to be connected into that. They're not. They're just going to go, oh, they're... They judge each other and they, I don't want a part of that. So I am going to open this. Just bear with me. Now you'll see how bad my wrapping really is. (laughs) That's one thing I'm good at too, putting myself down a lot. My husband tells me off all the time. So, like I said, um, about wanting this perfect package, all the other stuff, the hurt, the pain, the grief, the shame, the scars, were all shoved in this box and sealed up, hopefully to never, ever be opened and see the light of day again. All wrapped up nice and neat. Um, but there's been many times where it's been like a jack-in-the-box and it's just gone, and it's ugly, (laughs) and it's messy, but it's real. You know, ultimately, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't want us (laughs) to get ourselves together and then come to him. That's not what he died for. He just wants our heart. Whatever state it comes in. Pastor Gary actually said to me um, a little while ago, uh, he put his hand on my arm, looked me in the eye and said, Candy, I give you permission to be you, whatever that looks like. Which was so incredibly freeing for me. He didn't know the can of worms that he was opening that day. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) there's a lot of mess inside that there's a lot of mess inside this box but Jesus wants my heart I don't know if everyone can see this this is my attempt at crafting too Um, pain, hurt, trauma, scars, grief, junk, darkness Jesus just wants it he wants us to put it in the box but not wrap it up and seal it tight so no one can ever see it He wants us to put it in the box and give it to him because that's our gift to him, our heart. That's what he wants. Sorry, I'm just not sure if I'm going to go. On Friday night, I was with a group of people and... (laughs) It was a safe place. All of us coming together just to hang out with God and each other. Not all of the people there I know very well. Some I know well, some I don't, some I didn't. Um, Some of us had a rip-snorter of a time. (laughs) Some of us just sat quietly seemingly not 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 engaged but not responding in a in a outward way if you like for me i actually had an encounter with jesus where he invited me to sit on his lap like a little girl and i sat there in my mind with my head on his chest And I bawled my eyes out. He just invited me to bring a heap of grief that I've been carrying for a long time. And that is... It's not not, over. It's still happening. It's It's a process. But the fact... I love that song, you know, where... We're looking at, at God and his amazing majesty and how he's just, you know, the, the ultimate in the universe. But he actually invites broken little me to crawl up on his lap and cry my tears about the things that have happened in my life, about the things that are happening now in my life, he wants to know us intimately he wants us to be vulnerable with him if we keep shoving it in the box and trying to present this beautiful package to him he knows what's in there anyway but he wants us to bring it to him because ultimately he wants to change that hurt and trauma and pain and just give us him He wants to renew our heart. He wants to heal our heart. He wants to change us. But he can't do it if we don't bring the stuff to him. If it's all there in the box, it's just going to stay. So I I just want to encourage you as I wrap up, I just want to encourage you To find your tribe, that's really important. If that's one person that you can really trust with what's in your box, that's really important. I've actually got a handful of people and I'm so thankful for them. I would not have got through this season of my life without them and they're God-given. We all need people, we all need someone to journey with us through life life's messy (laughs) it's not a neat little package so i just want to encourage you to find that person or people but also go to god i want to encourage you to lift the lid off your box and let him rummage around in there there might there might be stuff on the top that gets dealt with first but there's stuff right down in the bottom that's been shoved down there we've all got it and God wants to deal with it he wants to journey with us he wants to heal us he wants to love us gently through the processes so I just want to quickly pray for all of us before I finish Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your holiness and your majesty. We recognise, Lord, that you are the king of the universe, that you are our everything. And in that, Lord, it amazes me that you are so personal, that you want us to come and crawl up on your lap rest our head on your chest and cry our tears you love us that much that you just want us to open the lid of our box and journey with you to rummage through all the stuff that we've shoved in there lord i just pray for every one of us today that we can have the courage and the trust in you to open the lid, if that's the first step, just open the lid and you will gently and lovingly guide us through the rest of it. Help us, Lord, to be vulnerable with you, the lover of our soul, the one who knows us the most intimately out of anyone. Lord, I pray you give us courage for that and I thank you, Lord, That you love us so much. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, Powerhouse Woman number two, the one I compare myself to, (laughs) the amazing L.
1: All right. I told Candy, she messaged me, she was vulnerable with me. And I said, you are just as anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit as I am, girl. So you need to stop. Um, in Jesus' name. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to take a minute because I have... Um, I've prepared a message but it's always my heart to flow with the Holy Spirit (laughs) and not to be so confident that I've got it all that he can't change my plans. And I feel like there's such weight on what Candy has just shared with us and I'm, I'm shaking from nerves for sharing with you but I'm also shaking because I know the presence of God is here. I can feel it in the room and I can feel that he's moving on hearts And it's it's really interesting because my message is actually all about trust, and I have been on a very vulnerable journey with the Lord myself over <clears throat> probably four years, um, where every time I come to Him and I ask Him, Lord, what what are you going to do about this? What's going to happen about this situation? He's always asked me, Elle, will you trust me? <laughs> will you trust me? And sometimes I've said, I'm not sure that I can, Lord. That's really hard. <laughs> I don't really want to trust you. <laughs> I'd rather this was just all sorted out right now, please, and put it in a little box. Thank you very much. L, will you trust me? And vulnerability... And allowing anybody to look in our box is a journey of trust. And it's almost like my message is the step before Candy's message. Because if we want to be vulnerable with people and we want to share our heart and what's going on inside of our lives with people, we need to do that with the Lord first. We start with him and then we, sometimes it doesn't work that way. There's no cookie cutter guys, like there's no formula But we have to trust the Lord because people will hurt us, but the Lord won't. So I want to tell you about my God. I actually want to introduce you to my shepherd who has led me and guided me through one of the most rewarding but one of the most difficult seasons of my life or seasons going back (laughs) he's been my shepherd for a long time but you know I knew him up here I knew who he was I could quote scripture I could tell you where you could find stuff about him but I didn't know it down here in my heart they call it the 18 inch journey right (laughs) and sometimes that journey can take years and sometimes it can take a moment but I want to talk to you about my shepherd. And I want to tell you that you can trust my shepherd. And I'm going, to t- I'm going to show you why. If you brought your Bible with you, I'd really love it if you would open to Psalm 23 with me. Most of you could probably quote it, let's be honest. Talking to my friend at work, who's not a Christian, she's telling her that I was preaching this morning and she said, oh, what are you preaching on? I said, oh, the 23rd Psalm, you know the one, you know, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, Alfino, she's like, yeah, I think I know that one. I'm like, yeah, that one. Everybody knows the 23rd Psalm. <laughs> okay, I'm reading from the NASB version and the only reason I say that is because most of you are probably reading NIV, so it might sound a little bit different. But this is my Bible, and so this is what I read, and this is what I memorize, and this is what I quote. Let's read it together, Psalm 23. Interestingly, this is a Psalm of David. I thought that was really beautiful. (laughs) This is David on the mountaintop, (laughs) not in the valley. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy and you have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't close it because we are staying right here. We're not going anywhere else today. This is where we're going to be and I just want to take you on a little journey through the 23rd Psalm and how I've learned about who the Lord is through this Psalm and how I can in turn trust him because of who he is. So First of all, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I like to turn it around and I like to say, I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. If I allow anything else to be my shepherd, I will live in want. But if I allow the Lord to be my shepherd, I won't want. Now guys, I'm going to be honest with you. This isn't talking about having the flashiest car or the biggest house or the most incredible career that you could ever imagine. These are not the things. Maybe that's what the Lord has for you. And if it is, I bless you. Please come release it and pray over me and my husband. However, (laughs) he's talking about our needs, our fundamental needs. And Maslow's hierarchy of needs, most people know about that. If you don't Google it, I unfortunately don't have time to go into it. But he has whittled it down to these five things. We need food, water and rest. That's one thing. Food, water and rest. Our physical needs. We need security. We need relationship, intimate relationship and friendship. We need to be seen and known. We need to be vulnerable. We need esteem or a feeling of personal accomplishment. And we need to achieve our, pot- our potential. You will not be satisfied. You will, not, you will want if you don't achieve your potential because there's something inside of you that needs to get out. So you need to achieve. You, that's a need in your life. So I'm just going to give you a little activation. If you're taking notes, you can maybe write this down. If not, ask the Lord to bring it back to you later. I'm sure he will. But one thing that you could do is sit with the Lord in your quiet time and ask him, God, how are you meeting these needs in my life right now? Show me, Lord, how are you meeting my need for security right now in my life? And allow him, just allow things to come into your head and allow him to speak to you about how he's meeting your fundamental needs right now and how he's being your shepherd and not leaving you in want. Another thing that you could do is you could choose one of these and you could press into it for a season. You could say, which one, Lord, should I press into for a while? And you could say maybe... Um, intimate relationship and friendship and after today if you want to do that the anointing is here and the Lord will bless it I can feel it in the room so if you want intimate relationship with the Lord and you want to go deeper with him then just focus on that for a while ask the Lord how do we go deeper together what is it that I need to share with you that I haven't shared with you before um, what are the things that are on your heart right now? So I encourage you guys, don't just let the scripture be on the page, let it be a part of your life. So that is, I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 2 He makes me lie down in green pastures. I love this. I actually stole this from someone else. Her name's Jan Johnson, and she's incredible. Um, woman who really opens up the scriptures and shows you different ways to read the scripture and I heard a meditation that she did on the 23rd Psalm and I just want to ask you guys my kids got this so I'm sure that you'll get it you're a sheep in the Psalm right we're a sheep in the Psalm you're in the pasture you're in the green pasture what are you going to do who said it someone said it eat grass it's your sustenance right it's your you need food this sheep is lying down. It doesn't say it's eating. It says it's lying down. The sheep is so content in the shepherd's leading and so content in the shepherd's guiding of his life, it's sleeping in its food. <laughs> like, seriously, that's content, right? <laughs> I need to get there with my chickens. They're like, always want food. <laughs> This sheep is so content. Do you know what? I want to tell you something today. I can and you can find contentment in the Lord. He leads me beside quiet waters. Uh, I, I should have warned you at the beginning. This is like an express train to the end because, you know, I've got 20 minutes and we've got to move. But there's so much more. You can unpack this yourself. But I just want to give you a little taste. He leads me. That word lead can actually also be um, translated carry. He carries me. Hmm. He carries me beside quiet waters. God is a God of rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a promise. You're tired. You're struggling. The Lord has rest for you. God has rest for you this is who our God is. Verse 3, he restores my soul. Now, you guys probably have heard the soul um, interpreted as our mind, will and emotions, which is not a bad, it's not bad, but I think when, well, I'm not, I don't think, I know when you go actually back to the Hebrew, the word is actually more um, encompassing. So, it can, be interpreted so many different ways. It can be interpreted as life, person, mind, heart, body, will. It's, a whole, it's your whole being. So when we put that in, he restores my whole being. God is a restorer. God wants to restore your whole being. He wants to start with your heart and work his way out. He wants to restore everything. God is a restorer. And I want to tell you if there's any area in your life that needs to be restored, the Lord, my shepherd, your shepherd, he can do it. And he will if you let him. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God loves righteousness. He loves it. He loves it so much that he sent his son so that I could be righteous because I can't do it in my own strength, but Jesus can do it for me. I want to tell you guys, though, that righteousness righteousness is not easy. I've been on a journey in the last, I don't know, couple of years, but the Lord has asked me to make some decisions that have been really righteous decisions And I'm going to tell you now, (laughs) it's not easy. When God asks you to live right, it's not easy. But he gives us the strength to do it because he loves righteousness. He's asking us to live right by according to his will, according to what he says is important, not what the world says is important. He wants us to live justly. He wants us to live a righteous life. And why does he do it? I mean, this is so humbling, right? He doesn't ask us to live a righteous life for our own badge of honour on our chest or our own success in our life. Why does he ask us to do it? For his name's sake. For him. The world says, go live for yourself everybody for themselves, make it happen, live gloriously, enjoy your life, do it for you. God says, live righteous, live for me. God gives you purpose. To live a righteous life is to live a purposeful life. Because the things that are righteous are the things that are important. now we're going to take the move into the second half of the psalm everybody knows even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me the valley of the shadow of death can mean a lot of things to a lot of people often they use it at funerals when they're talking about death If we take a moment and we think about it in relation to our own life, it might be a dark season that we've been through. It might be a a season of deep distress. It might be a painful season that you've been through. Um, But it also may be that you have survived cancer and you actually did walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I've heard stories of people saying, I thought I was going to die. I thought that was my last day, but the Lord brought me out. And so everybody's valley of the shadow of death is different and we all have a different interpretation of what that might look like and I just want to tell you actually in the Hebrew it has quite a few interpretations as well. So don't worry, we're not going outside of scripture when we do that, it's okay. But the truth is, it says here, you are with me. I fear no evil for you, you being God, my shepherd, are with me. I want you to know that God never leaves you. Even when all these things feel like they're drowning you and you can't breathe or you feel like the tears might never stop or you feel like the pain might never go away, he never leaves you. He's always with you. And I have no need to fear because of that, because he is faithful. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Now, I always kind of thought they were the same thing, right? But actually, I looked up, I did a little bit of Googling, same because I was listening to this Jan Johnson, and she was talking about how the, the rod is actually for protection. So, the rod was like more like a club, what we would see as a club. And I was reading that they actually would embed nails into the club and the shepherd would use it to protect the sheep from the wild animals, Can I tell you when I heard that, I was super offended. I'm like, Lord, there has been some evil wild animals in my life <laughs> that have tried to take me down and have tried to come against me. Where was your rod in those times? Where was your rod? And I want to, I'm being honest with you. I'm being vulnerable with you guys I'm on a journey with that with the Lord because I can't see it yet. But I want to tell you guys it's okay to ask God the big questions and not be afraid. He's a big God. He can handle it. <laughs> he'll, he'll bring us into line eventually. He's okay if we wrestle with it for a little while and say, I don't really see that, Lord. Can you show me how that is? As long as we keep in relationship with him, it'll be okay. And others. That's very important too. So the rod, I'm working it out, guys. I'm working it out. And when I do, I'll let you know. The staff is a walking stick for the shepherd. But it was also used to herd the sheep like, you know, like a dog does kind of now, runs behind the back. The um, staff would be used to make sure the sheep are going in the right direction. Make sure they're not getting off course. What a beautiful symbol of what the Lord does for us. The Lord protects and keeps his sheep going in the right direction. If you feel like you've lost it somewhere and you've fallen off and you can never recover, don't worry. His staff is there. It's leading and it's guiding you because that is who my shepherd is. Verse 5 You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. The Lord has set out a feasting table of everything that we need right in front of us, and he's invited us to dine at it. And then he invites the enemy to come watch us dine at our table. I mean, let's just think about that for a moment. That's quite, like, bold of the Lord, isn't it? Come, enemy. Come see my daughter as she feasts at my table. (laughs) I mean... cheeky right but we have to remind ourselves oh I never leave the table I'm always at the table the enemy's always watching me often I'll use this part of the verse and um, you guys probably see me do it a lot but I put my hand on my heart and I'll say you have anointed my head with oil my cup overflows Let's do that right now. I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to repeat after me. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. An anointing is a smearing. It's to signify consecration to make sacred to set apart god set you apart our shepherd he set you apart he's making you sacred just like the priests he's making you sacred and because we live in the new covenant he fills us with his holy spirit he anoints us with his holy spirit and that is why our cup overflows. Overflow speaks of abundance. It speaks of blessing. It speaks of plenty. Have you ever seen a cup overflowing? Have you ever accidentally left the tap on and seen the water spilling out of the sink? No? Okay. <laughs> that moment probably doesn't speak of abundance. That probably speaks of a big plumbing bill. But when you see something that's overflowing, it's the, when the... Um, After the rains, when the, uh, um, what are they called? Waterfalls overflow with water. (laughs) It speaks of abundance. It reminds us that we're in an abundant season because the rains have come before. God pours out blessing in and for us until we overflow. It never runs out, guys. It never runs out. So I want to tell you guys, verse 6, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because of who my God is, I know that goodness and loving kindness will follow me forever. And I am invited to dwell with him here on earth, but I am also invited to dwell with him in heaven forever. I get a taste here and I get the fullness when I get to be taken home to be with Jesus. But it's not because of anything that I've done. It's because the Lord is my shepherd. Because he is my God. Because I allow him to be my shepherd. So I want to lead you guys in a little activation um, through the Psalm 23, and I don't know whether that's something that's familiar to you, something that you've done before or maybe never even heard of it, but I'm going to read Psalm 23 over you guys. I'm actually going to read it in the Passion Translation because Charlie chose that. And <laughs> she's my daughter. <laughs> um And I want you to close your eyes or I want you to put your eyes to the ground, whatever it takes for you to focus on the Lord for a minute. And as I read it over you, I want you to take a moment. I'm going to read it slow, but I want you to allow you time to actually see the picture in your mind of what's going on in the psalm. I've given you some food for thought as I've spoken this morning. but I want you to take the time to imagine in your sanctified imagination (laughs) what it looks like for the Lord to be your shepherd. The good shepherd. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. What does it look like for the Lord to be your best friend? and your shepherd simultaneously. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness. Jesus is the most righteous one. We just get to follow him so that I can bring honour to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For I am being pursued only by your goodness and unfailing love. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. I want you to stay. Don't open your eyes. Don't move on. I want you to stay where you are. I want you to know that this is the God who wants you to know him. He doesn't hide himself from us. He actually wants us to know him. Because he knows that when we know him, it's going to be so easy to trust him with everything that's going on in our lives, with everything that we've held dear to us, And that we've hidden in the depths of our heart. He knows if we know him, we'll just hand it over. Because he's so good and he's so kind. And maybe there's someone here this morning. Maybe there's a couple of people. Maybe there's someone online. And you've actually never known this God before. might be the first time you've heard about him maybe you've heard about him lots of times but you've never felt this intimate invitation to be with him to know him I want to tell you that he sent his son to bridge the gap so that you could know him and there is salvation for you today if you want it you can also make the Lord your shepherd And so I want to ask you if there's anyone here who'd like to make the Lord their shepherd for the first time. If you'd like to raise your hand and then I would love to pray for you and with you. And if there's anyone online and you you want to respond to this, then I encourage you, get in contact with us, jump on our website, send us an email, say, I want to know the Lord as my shepherd. And we will get in contact with you. Thank you, Jesus. I want to invite the uh, music team to come up. And I want to just I want you guys to just stay right there. Um, those of you who are not coming, I want I want to make some space because obviously we've uh, you know we've uh, peeked inside a box today. We've looked inside and we've maybe it's the first time that you've heard about the things in that the Lord wants to know about the things that are in your heart the pain the hurt the trauma maybe you feel like there's some things that are really deep in your heart and it's time for you to hand them over to the Lord I also feel like there's some people who have wrapped themselves in a box just like Candy did and has done and I've done at times in my life absolutely and maybe today you want to start the process of unwrapping that box, and starting to share with the Lord and saying, "I'm sorry, Lord, that I've wrapped myself in a box and made everybody think that everything's okay." Or maybe you just want to say, "I want to start that journey. I've got a lot of head knowledge. I, there's a lot of things that I know about the Lord, but they don't hit down here. I can't. When He asked me to trust Him." I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can. And you want to start that journey of that heart knowledge where when he says to you, will you trust me, it's easy for you to say, I know who you are. I know you, my shepherd. Yes, I will trust you.